Hello, friends, and welcome to this The Calgary Flames Suck Again edition of Game Over Calgary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for joining the stream this evening. Um, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're listening in podcast form later, rate, review, subscribe, uh, all that fun stuff. All right, let's get into whatever the fuck that was tonight from the Calgary Flames as they fall 3-1 to one at the hands of the New York Rangers in a game that never felt even that close um, on this blustery night in October. Um, just a lifeless, lifeless showing. From the Calgary Flames. I haven't even introduced myself yet. Um, my name is Peter Klein, and I'm annoyed. Um, I think you can pick that up. Because this was just an awful, awful performance from the Calgary Flames. Zero life in this. And look, like Julian um, messaged before the game, saying, like, it feels kind of dead in this crowd right now. And you kind of notice that around, like, the, the city. Uh, not that I'm out a bunch, but, like, for, for those of you who are from out of town, um, it has snowed, so there, there isn't a whole lot to be super excited about anyway. But there isn't a real buzz for this Flames team right now. There, It does kind of seem to be a bit of... <sighs> Here we go again with this team. And that kind of what tonight felt like, where there was just nothing. There was no spark. There was no life. And I'm not... In any way, putting that on any of you or any Flames fans, I'm saying from this team, it felt lifeless, it felt dead, it felt like there was absolutely no reason to even play this game, because the second the New York Rangers took the lead, that was going to be ball game, and it was ball game tonight. Um, you, you just kind of got the sense when the, the Rangers got that first one, it was just like, ugh, we have to get another goal? That, that's what it felt like from this team. It is very similar to what we saw a season ago. And this was supposed to be gone with Daryl Sutter. That This bland, boring style of hockey was supposed to be gone with the old grumpy dude who left. Not with the, the new guy who we were all so excited about. Um, coaching was absolutely an issue last year. Maybe it wasn't the biggest issue or the, as big of an issue as we all thought it was. Um, it obviously was a, a big one. But I mean, just... I'm all over the place because this was dreadful this evening. Um, just really, really, really bad hockey from the Calgary Flames um, as they fall in this one to the New York Rangers. But just the Rangers, and look, credit the Rangers, they're a good hockey team. Um, they have, I think, a lot more offensive skill than was on display in this one. And so I do think you have to um, give the Flames a bit of credit for, for limiting that. But... The Rangers completely controlled this hockey game. Right from the word go, the Rangers were in complete control of this game, completely shutting things down on the, the, the flame side. Like, Calgary got a great start with, with the, the Coleman goal, but, man, this team had nothing going for them, I, I think, tonight. I see Penman uh, disagrees with me in the chat. Um, I... I, I, okay, I need to focus here because I'm all over the place because I'm really frustrated by this. What Left Head and Penman says in the, the chat, I, I gotta disagree. The team looked good. Lots of dangerous chances, especially in the third. We're all just sick of good efforts followed by a loss. I agree to disagree, left-handed Penman. Um, I, I don't think this was a good effort tonight. I think they were way too easy to put on the outside. Um, th there were some chances, but they weren't good ones. I, I would say that it's a little bit more, like... Maybe there were some better chances than there was against Detroit the other night, but not many. Like, I just, I don't think this was a good performance at all by, by this Flames team. I thought the Rangers, again, did a good job of shutting them down, but everything was to the outside. Everything was kind of limited. Um, 
the the second line was good. We'll get into the positives in the the second part of this, but th- there was just way too much watching going on um, from a, a flame standpoint tonight. I, I just yeah, I, I didn't think it was a, a real good effort by the group outside of that second line with Manjapani Backlund and um, and Coleman. Um, th- there was a couple of shifts in the third period where that first line kind of got going, but it was a lot of control. But again, it's control on the outside. This isn't a team that can score a ton from the outside. They have a couple more this year, but overall, that this is not a team that's going to light it up from distance. So it, it's, um, it, it's another one where you're kind of left just frustrated by a performance against a team that that is above the flames right now that there's no elevation with this team going on I kind of made the comparison um on my personal podcast couch potato diary if you are so interested um this team reminds me of an NFL running back who kind of who only gets what's blocked for them. Like it, it's it's fine. There's nothing completely wrong with that. You're you're kind of doing what you're supposed to, but there's no creativity involved with it. That's kind of what this Flames team is, where they they kind of just take what the defense gives them. And there are times where that works, but that's like what when when you do that, there are times you're also hoping that you can create a little bit more beyond that. There's nothing there for the Flames. It's okay. Well, there's a shooting line, so I'm. I guess I'll shoot and we'll see what happens. Nothing is being set up. Nothing is being created. It's a boxer that only jabs. It's like, yes, that's better than literally standing there and getting punched in the face, but could you do something off of it? That this team right now, it's just, okay, well, well, we'll win this puck battle and maybe that'll, oh no, it didn't. Okay, well, let's pass it around on the outside until maybe someone misses something and oh, the puck bounced over our stick and now it's out of the zone. It's uh, Like I said, it's a running back who, all right, well, I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to run this way and if the, the coach says that there's going to be a hole and if there is in a hole, well, I guess I'm just running into someone. That's what this Flames team is doing, which is, okay, well, I'm going to shoot. Hopefully it doesn't hit someone. Oh, it hits someone. All right, we're going back the other way. That There's no creativity. Again, it just goes back to it being a lifeless performance from this Flames group where nothing is going on and that there's just nothing... Nothing being set up, not nothing, like, I, I just, I want to know what this offense is supposed to look like when there's no one out on the ice, because when there are guys out there, there doesn't feel like anything is really being set up, it, it's just all puck movement for the sake of puck movement and skating for the sake of skating, and nothing is crisp. Like, you see the the Rangers when things are going well offensively tonight, and I will give the Flames credit, I think defensively they played well, um, but when things are going with the Rangers tonight, that puck is zipping around. You look at Detroit on, what was it, Sunday? Um, that puck was flying around the offensive zone, and they're a quick team, much quicker than the Flames, but you can hide some of that um, the, the speed disadvantage that the Flames may have on some teams, you can hide some of that with quick puck movement. The Flames do not have quick puck movement. That, 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 this is not a team that whips the puck around the ice or anything like that. Um, this was a team that just severely struggles at, at getting things created offensively because the puck just stays with everyone a beat or two too long, and then it's on to the next thing, and okay, wait, and then it's, oh, maybe a chance, and then it's not. Um, I don't think you can tell. I'm pretty down on uh, on what happened tonight. The one thing that is frustrating me, and the one thing I want to stop hearing, that this is, last year it was, oh, well, the road, tr- the, the homestand is far too long. This year, it's, oh, well, they're learning new systems. Okay, probably, yes. Um, and look, I, I kind of chipped in on that um, when, when I was on 960. I've said it here as well. Defensively, they were running around with chicken, like chickens with their heads cut off for the, the first couple of games. But each game, that improved. 
it feels like each game offensively, this team has taken a, a farther and further step back. And I just, I find it interesting that when they score five and four goals, well then, hey, look, everything's great. Everything's fine. But then if they hit a bit of a dry spell, ah, it's the new system. Well, the new system just got them five in the opener and they scored four against Buffalo. So the new system works against them. It's just, it's it, it's the, the good teams that they have trouble with. Is it? Maybe that's not a system issue. And I find it noteworthy that what line worked well tonight? Oh, Manjapani back on Coleman. You mean the Flames' best line from a season ago? So they've they've picked up on it, but the rest haven't? Or is it just that those are the only guys who are actually going to be producing offensively again this season? And the guys who struggled last year are also, in, are also struggling this year, but they have an excuse for the first 10 games of the season because it's a new system under a new coach, as if none of these guys, have, as if all of them have been playing the same way for the last 28 years, and now this year they're doing something different, and they're all of a sudden trying to play ringette with their stick on the opposite end, just trying to skate around. Is this how you hockey? I don't buy it. I don't buy that that's the reason. I think that this is a team that is severely lacking offensive skill. And for the second year in a row, it is showing. And the guys who they spent a lot of money on to try to fix that problem aren't fixing the problem. I don't care that it, what system it is or whatever. The guys who were supposed to step up last year are the same ones who were supposed to step up this year and are the same ones who aren't stepping up in those situations. And it's incredibly frustrating and annoying. And we can try to write it off as this, that, or the other thing, but the fact of the matter remains that this is a team that is, again, severely lacking on the offensive side of things. Um, one other quick note, and this one is a systems thing. When you pull the goalie and you're down by two goals with uh, around two minutes left, I, personally, wouldn't punt Hunt and Tanev out on the ice. If I'm looking to equalize, I don't know if I'm throwing out guy who hasn't played in the first eight games of the season and very good defensive defenseman, not exactly Bobby Orr on the offensive side of things. That just felt like a, hmm, maybe, maybe this is the time where we don't need to roll all four and we can just have the, the scoring people go out and try to do the scoring thing. Not, not a critical issue, not something that cost this team the game. They lost that well before, but just something I noticed that was like, yeah probably could do something different on that one. Maybe let's write that down when we're doing our, our journaling this evening. Let's write that down in things to improve on, shall we? Um, hopefully you don't think that this stream needs to be improved on. Like this video, subscribe to the channel. We got big things coming from Game Over. I'm sure you saw it on social media, but we'll talk about it a little bit later on on the, the podcast about what's going on with the Heritage Classic later this week, which holy shit, does it feel like a death march towards that game right now from both teams. Edmonton and Calgary just craw crawling there, um, trying to, to get to Commonwealth Stadium on Sunday. Um, so it does feel like the sky is falling a little bit with this team, but there were some positives tonight. Again, it's Manjapani, Backlund, and Coleman. Um, I like when they put someone other than Manjapani with Backlund and Coleman because of what those guys can do in elevating young players like a Coronado or Sharon Govich or Dubé or whoever, but Manjapani with them, it just unlocks something where it turns this from a very good line into one of the better lines you'll see, and certainly the best line this team had. But right from the word go, um, you have Manjapani go down, keep a puck alive, Backlund centering pass with two defenders on him. Coleman's wide open. One-timer, boom, scores. Everything is great. This These guys just know where they are going to be so well 
The chemistry is phenomenal. They all play a similar type of game, but it still manages to complement really effectively. Uh, defensively, they're they're great. Um, at least I'm sure they are. They don't seem to spend a lot of time in the defensive zone because the puck's heading the other way a lot, which is still kind of the point of this whole thing is to have the puck going in the right direction, not the wrong direction. Um, I, I thought that line was sensational tonight and absolutely the bright spot for this team offensively. It did seem like they kind of got things going with um, Huberto Lindholm and Kadri, the all-disappointment line. Um, I, I thought in the third period, they kind of got things going a little bit, but again, not enough towards the net. They had that shift where um, th there's a lot of control and Rick Ball was saying, oh, wow, the, the, the Rangers are tired out there or whatever it was. Um, he did it better than I did. He's one of the best play-by-play -play guys in the league. But um, the Rangers were obviously gassed and the Flames were just content passing it around on the outside, hoping the Rangers would make one more mistake so they could go in and pounce. There's no forcing teams into mistakes. It's just like waiting for the uh, the team to make that. But they at least had the control and they had a bit of pressure going for them. So um, th those are a couple of kind of bright spots that I noticed with this group. Also, I do like what this team's doing defensively a little bit more each game. I, I feel like that system is being picked up on more and more each time out. You go back and watch this defensive effort and compare it to what we saw from the Jets game in night one or uh, in a couple of the games following. Obviously, we're not super far removed from that. It's still the same month, but... You you look at the defensive efforts that were put out before, and you look what they're doing now. Um, it looks like a different sport defensively, and it's a pretty good Rangers team that they did that to tonight. Um, certainly one that I don't I don't know if it's the, the same as Rangers teams past the, the last few years, but it's a, it's a good Rangers squad that they were able to do that against tonight. So I, I do think the defense is improving. A fair amount. So I, I think that those are a couple of positives that you can take from th this Flames outing tonight. But a couple of players just have to be better. Nazem Kadri, it's great that he has a, a rush or two. Um, it, it's phenomenal that he decided to punch a dude in the face a couple of games ago. That was, that was some grade A stuff. It's still not enough. It's not close to being enough. And I get he's not being exactly paired with uh, Crosby and McDavid uh, on his wings. But... When you are getting paid what Nazem Kadri is being paid, um, and when you are taking up the percentage of the cap that he is taking up, I I'm not saying you need to like be able to have me on your wing and still be able to get 35 goals or whatever the, the case may be, but there does have to be a little bit of elevating. If you are going to get that money, that means they have to spend less elsewhere, and that elsewhere may happen to be on your line, where they're going to go with a, a couple of kids, and... It is on you to try to get the, the most out of that. I, I would have some concerns about spending what they are on Kadri if he needs two elite line mates to, to drag him forward, which is a conversation you could also have about Lindholm. But I I just feel like that this is a player that needs to step up in a big-time way for this Flames team to, to get going. Like, he just... He, he is, I think, the epitome of the, the running back who just gets what's blocked, where, like, he'll have an opening, and is the shot the best idea? I don't know, I'm just going to shoot it and see what happens. It just, it feels very just going through the motions right now, and there's a lot of that, quite frankly, on this Flames team. I know Zadorov kind of called it out uh, a little bit today, but that... That is a player that absolutely has to get going. Um, I think Markstrom was pretty good tonight. Two of the goals you can't put on him. That third one is a backbreaker. Like, this team is obviously struggling offensively in this game. 
that third one that just kind of trickles through him and goes in, that's, it's certainly not the worst goal he's given up in the last couple of years. And we have almost got to the point with him this year where I think you can give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. But in that situation, that's a save that you would really, really like your goaltender to have to, to help kind of carry this team forward. Um, and it just didn't happen. And that was, that was a tough break for the Flames and a tough one. But overall, I, I tweeted it out. This game sucked, man. Like, this was a rough, rough hockey game. Um, the, the Rangers basically, it, it, to use a reference of a sport that's starting up again tonight, the Rangers just kind of dribbled the air out of the basketball all night. The, the Flames just had nothing going for them, and the, the Rangers kind of controlled how this game was played. And the Flames, it seemed like, just kind of let them. Um, so, yeah, d- d- it's... Like, I, I would love to have deep insightfulness for you and all of that stuff, but it's just... The Rangers controlled how this game was played, where it was played, um, and w- at what speed with which it was played. And Calgary just, just yeah, cool, that's fine. We'll just let that happen. Um, the The reason that it, it just gets so frustrating is because a lot of these things were the same problems that popped up last year, and a lot of it was supposed to be different, right? Like, it was an offensive-minded, um, or it was a defensive-minded coach, so a lot of the offensive stuff just kind of went away. And now it's happening again. That uh, there is no creativity on this team. There is such a lack of offense with this group, especially at five on five. Thank God the power play's a little bit better this year. That um, there is such a lack of anything with this team five on five. That there needs to be a lot more done. And this is why the conversations around Hannafin and Lindholm the last couple of weeks have been so fascinating to me. Because yes, in a vacuum. Having Noah Hannafin is better than not having Noah Hannafin. I, I think that he is criminally underrated across the league and is a, a defenseman who can kind of do everything that you are asking him to, and he's still incredibly young. So locking that guy in for long term and a decent amount of money seems like the smart thing to do. I just wonder what kind of team is this flame, like what are the flames locking into? We, we are seeing what's on on the ice this year. We're seeing what happened last year. Where's the improvement coming from? Are we just assuming that this is a system thing? And all of a sudden, Jonathan Huberto is going to be Jonathan Huberto from two years ago. And he's going to put up, he's going to be on a 115 point pace the rest of the season. And Lindholm's going to find this scoring touch. And Nazem Kadri is going to actively look like he gives a shit for more than two shifts at a time. What, like, where is better coming from on this team? Because if you lock in Hannafin and you lock in Lindholm, you're kind of set, right? Like, did this team had to make moves to get under the salary cap this year? And that's with Lindholm at $4 million and with Hannafin at $4 million. If you're going to lock in these guys and your uh, quote-unquote core of long-term contracts is basically Hubert Okadri, Hannafin, and and Lindholm, and Japanese, I guess, relatively long-term in there as well, along with Uyghur and Anderson. But you get my point. If you're locking in with these guys, where's better? Where is better coming from? Maybe it's Pelche comes in in a couple of months and gives this team life. Although for the second year in a row, I'll say maybe it's unfair that a 25-year-old kid needs to be the one to spark a bunch of veterans, one of which has won a Stanley Cup relatively recently. Is it like Connor Zari is going to get called up and him being in the lineup over Hunt is going to lead to an extra three goals a night and that the Flames are going to ride off into the promised land on an offensive scoring streak reminiscent of those that happened in the 1980s. Like, I, I just... Yes... I like Lindholm as a player a lot. Yes, I like Hannafin as a player a lot. But if you lock those guys in, this is what you have. You're stuck. And this Flames team has felt stuck 
for a very, very long time, and this would be the epitome of stuck if they did that. And so it's a difficult conversation because, again, I like Hannafin a lot. I don't think this team is going to do a teardown. I think it'd be difficult to do with contracts like Huberto and, um, and, and Kadri on the books. That being said, I just wonder what you're locking into with this Flames group. Um, so that is the me rambling portion of the evening. I'm going to keep talking. It'd be a weird stream if I just sat here, but, uh, we're going to do the press conference style now. Um, I'm not even going to try. Sometimes Audi and guests try to do the, the voice that they do from the SDP pod, um, press conference. I'm not going to do that. Send me your questions while you are doing that. Like this stream, subscribe to the channel. And we can all yell about the Calgary Flames together on a, a nightly basis. So send in your questions uh, while we are doing that. I'm going to look at the chat. <laughs> KQ, uh, Fire Sutter. Uh, left-handed penman. We already locked in to a quickly closing window. Might as well keep pushing. I get, like, that is certainly one way of looking at it, right? Like, you already have Huberto and Kadri locked up. You may as well try to make the best of it and, and keep those guys around. I, I just, and look, there, there's ways to do it, right? Like, Ben and Sagan aren't worth close to the money they're making right now. Uh, there are nights where those guys aren't even worth the paper that the contracts were signed on. But at this point, those are probably DocuSigns, right? But uh, they may have hard copies. Anyway, um, but they've surrounded them with guys like Hints and Robertson. That They have found those things. The Flames, with all due respect to some of the other guys, haven't. Uh, Manjapani can be that guy. Um, maybe Zari, maybe Peltier, but Dubé is just kind of part of the furniture at this point. Uh, he's just there. So... The, the Flames haven't done that, but you, like, you can go out and win with a couple of contracts on your books that you're maybe not getting the best points per dollar out of. You can still do that and be successful. It's just really, really hard to do, um, but we'll see. Uh, Conrad, by the way, Conrad, Conrad finally getting to tune into a, to a game over. We have missed you in the chat so far this season, Conrad, so welcome back, sir. Um, Isidorov, the, the best D-man we have right now. Um... I know that this is partly with, with um, tongue-in-cheek, but, like, he's been pretty good this year. I, I've liked what I've seen from Zadorov. You know what I've liked about Zadorov? You haven't had the, oh, my God, what are you doing, as much with him so far this year. You had a lot of that with Osterley tonight. Um, Rasmus is still probably the best defenseman on this team, but honestly, like, the work that Tanev does in making everyone he plays with just immeasurably better... Um, Tanev is probably the, the best D-man. I know we were kind of joking with that question, but, uh, Zadorov's been good. I, I've liked what we've seen from him so far. Uh, we have Paul Singh saying, when are Flames fans going to reach their breaking point? Attendance decreases, less interest around the team looming? Um, I mean, it has to be soon, right? Like, you can already feel that there is minimal buzz for this team this season, right? Um... It just, it doesn't have that same, like, okay, here we go. This is going to be different type of a feel to it. You, you just kind of have a lot of people waiting for the inevitable. Um, this team, it felt like last year was really the year that all benefit of the doubt was taken away. I think there's a lot of people who are kind of in it mode. And you see with, with the, the crowd tonight, um, I'm sure that the paid attendance is going to be fine. Um, but, and again, there's construction going on around the dome. That's going to be there for a while. Um... There's snow everywhere. That's also probably going to be there for a while. But th this was not a jam-packed to the rafters crowd tonight. This was not a buzzing saddle dome by any stretch of the imagination. So I would say, Paul, that honestly, um, that's probably already started, I, I think, right? Like, it, it feels like 
the 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 decrease in interest ha- has already begun with this team. It, it just it doesn't feel as buzzy around here with the Flames as uh, as it normally does this time of year. Um, at least last year we had to Foley from Matt C, who, by the way, I thought Matt C um, was insulting me earlier because um, he said uh, at least the PK this year is good. Oh. And I understand now you're referring to the penalty kill. PK is what a lot of people call me. And so I thought you were like, well, at least PK is good this year. Wait, say, like, hey, I think I've been all right. I don't think I've done enough to be bad. But, oh, you're talking about the, the, the hockey team and not just the guy who yells about them on a semi-regular basis. Got it. Uh, Conrad also asking, when do we call up Poirier? Um... That time has to be coming with the way the back end is playing. Uh, yeah, 100%. I, I don't think Gilbert or Osterley have done enough to warrant uh, that not happening. So yeah, I, I would I would call Poirier up. I would take a, a real strong look at uh, a Connor Zari, especially if there's going to be a, a Ruzichka injury. Um, like I said, this team just needs something right now. And I, I think those two guys um, who are, you know, can, can help. Um, those would be a couple of guys to, to give a bit of that spark. I, I do wonder what things look like with Jacob Pelche, but again, this is the same thing we did. We did last year. We're relying on the kids getting called up from the American hockey league to give a spark to a team that has a bunch of veterans on it who should be properly sparked at this point, And they're just not. And it's, oh, it's bad. Also, um, Rasmus Anderson, definitely don't hit people on the brain like that because, uh, this team desperately needs you. And that was Really, really stupid. And that suspension is 100% justified, I think, in my opinion. Um, do you think Shillington is going to play another game in a Flames jersey again? I hope so. Um, I, it, it would be, I, I understand asking the question. It would be irresponsible of me to, to guess. I thought it was probably going to happen at the, the start of this year, and it hasn't. So, again, we just hope that everything is okay. Um, you, you hope that whatever he needs, he is getting it. And, um, selfishly, you do hope that that leads to a, a path back to the Saddledome and playing for the, this hockey team again. But with each passing day, that seems more and more unlikely. Uh, from summer of Brad to summer of bad. Matt C, you're far more dependable than the team, Peter. Thank you. Although I feel like my camera's kind of going weird tonight. I don't know if that's something that's popping up uh, that you guys are seeing as well. Um, or what it is, but, uh, maybe we just call up you and Gino Napoli for uh play-by-play to give us a spark. Um, look, Gino is like knocking on that door. I'm a, a few steps away, I would say, but no, play-by-play is not the issue. Um, Rick Ball is, I think like should be a national dude by now. Uh, it, it is a treat getting to listen to that guy for that 75 games a year that, that we get him on. So no play-by-play is certainly not the issue for, uh, this team this season. Um, another guy named Gabe as a Ranger fan, GG, I'm happy to see laugh is starting to give us hope. Yeah. He had a pretty good game tonight. Hey, um, he's someone who I coming off of his last world juniors where he just dominated the tournament and he had like, he basically had all the injuries of everyone on the Florida Panthers from the playoffs. And he still just completely dominated that, that world junior. I thought this kid was going to be can't miss. And it's, I don't know if it's the situation. I don't know what it is out with the Rangers. I I do like the, if all of my teams were to just fold, um, the the Rangers would probably be my, one of my next favorite teams. I, I really enjoy the Rangers and just the sports more fun when they're good. Um, 
but I, I still don't watch this team as much as I would like. So I don't know what the reasoning is behind the struggles for a, a Lafreniere, but that's one that I did not see coming. But yeah, maybe maybe he is going to, to get going. Zabinijad is probably not going to stay at zero goals for the rest of the year, so he's gonna gonna really get going. And Chris Kreider might be the most underrated player in the league, which is weird for a dude who plays at Madison Square Garden, but Every time I watch that guy play, he is one of like the two or three most impactful players out on the ice. And that's that's saying something given all the talent that is out there. Um, all right. I think we are going to call it here. Um, once again, thank you all so much. Like the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Also, a reminder that this Sunday is the Heritage Classic out in Edmonton, which means we will be out in Edmonton. Uh, myself and Audie are venturing into enemy territory. Uh, we're going to be at the Pint on White in Edmonton. Once the game is done, we're going to be doing a live game over from the Pint up in Edmonton. Uh, it's going to be myself, Audie, um, I believe Julian will be there. Um, and we're going to have the, the game over Edmonton people at various stages. Avery's covering the game because he's the hardest working guy in Canadian media. Um, but he, he will get there eventually. Um, and so we are going to have an absolute blast. I One group of us is going to be so incredibly frustrated with that game and the other side is going to taunt them mercilessly so if you are in the area or planning on coming up to Edmonton for the game check us out at the pint once the game is done tickets are free um so come hang out uh th this stream is going to go on as normal um uh, quality wise probably even better than tonight swearing wise it's probably not even close we're gonna have a lot more of it um coming up on Sunday but yes um game over for Calgary and Edmonton is going live out in Edmonton for the Heritage Classic. Uh, so one more time, like, subscribe. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at PrimetimeKlein. And I will talk to you uh, next game. Flames take on the St. Louis Blues. Um, I'm going to be on Game Over with you guys once again. So we will chat then. And hopefully that game sucks a lot less than tonight's game did. Have a good night, everybody.